If I hop at the swift, they gon' lose it. On the E-way, I'm flying and cruising. If you see me, just know that I'm moving. I'm moving like to a new level. I will never settle, I gotta keep moving. If you dreaming, that's not a delusion. It's time to go out and get to it. You believe in yourself, then go prove it. Digging the Garden, episode 13. Uh, right now, I'm here with uh, Zeus B. Yo, yo, yo. Zeus B on, is an artist out of Newark. And uh, he's been coming to the studio and recording for a while. Went to the same high school as me. Uh, I heard about him years ago. And I feel like everything just came together. Um, let's take it from the beginning. Where, where do you start making music? I know that you're in a musical family. Yeah. How does that all come to fruition? Well, I mean, I've been writing music, like, since as long as I can remember. Probably, like, eight, nine years old, I've been writing music. Yeah. Like, being alone, like, being, like, an only child for a little bit with my dad. You know, I had a lot of free time, so, yeah, that's, like, just something. That was just, like, a hobby started out being. But I never really took it seriously. Like, it was just something I knew I could do. So, I just did it to... Now you and Free your time. cousin are both musicians. Uh, who was that a family thing, or it was just like a separate? You guys both got inspired separately, and were like, "Let's take this on. Let's try to do this." Uh, yeah, we pretty much got inspired separately. Like it was something that we always did. Like Jawan always had like a little setup in his crib with a laptop. Like yeah. at first, we was just playing around. Like he could tell you he was making like diss tracks and stuff on YouTube. Like rapping into the mic, and I probably didn't even go to like a full like studio until I was like fifteen in New York. That was like my first time going to a studio. But how did that feel when you first went to the studio? Did it feel like this is what I want to do, or was it still kind of like ah, this is cool? It was like it was like this is cool, but yeah. like the outcome, it was always something crazy. Like my dad was there, like he was listening to the song, like everybody liked the song, like they was like saying it was fire and stuff. But for me, it was like, yeah, it's cool, you know. Did you feel like uh, when your dad was at the studio that you couldn't fully say all the shit that you wanted to say? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> say everything I would, I would, I would have said like if I was by myself or with the bros. But yeah, I, I always was able to like deliver, you know. Yeah, like anything musically, if you needed a verse, if you needed me to lip sync something, even in church or something, like. I was I was always able to to deliver so right. Speak to me about because I know you as a Newark artist, mm-hmm. right? And I know you as someone who came from Newark. I know you lived in East Weather for for a little bit, but I know you as a Newark artist. Explain how all that shit came to happen, as far as going from one spot to the next, and going to school in one area, then going to school in another area. How did yeah. that all happen? Well, when I first actually came back to Jersey. Where were you that you came back to Jersey? Um, I was in North Carolina with my grandmother. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a time. It was always points in time where my dad couldn't, like, fully support me. So I was bouncing around, you know, yeah. house to house. My grandmother or a woman he was dealing with, something like that. But when I first came back, you know, I was actually staying with um Jordan and Juwan and his mom. Okay. Yeah, she let me uh stay at the crib for a little while because um my dad didn't even have a setup up here. So um, I was staying over there. I think that's when I first bought with you at McKenzie too. Probably it was like even before I even yeah, went to yeah, back yeah, then. Probably it was like a long time before yeah. that. So that was just like that was the real like first foundation of that. And then a couple of years that later, I was going to school in Newark. But a couple of years later, <laughs> a 
my dad, Jawan actually hooked my dad up with a girl from East Rutherford. So, like, when you say a girl, who we, not a girl, but like yeah, a lady. Yeah, specify that. I'm not even going to go too deep into it, but yeah. one of his boys' mom, like, he hooked it up. Oh, okay. So, I ended up, you know, moving out. My dad ended up moving me from, from North to East Rutherford, and I was able to attend my junior year at Beckton. What and, was uh, the reason for, for moving? The plan was to actually move together. Like yeah. They was going to get married and get a house in East Rutherford. Gotcha. But that never happened. Yeah. So he ended up just getting an apartment. And I was just... And then you stayed in East Rutherford. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, the dynamic change when you went from somewhere like Newark to somewhere like... If anyone listening isn't from New Jersey, uh, Newark is... That's... Uh, <laughs> it's a big city. Uh-huh. And it's... It's street as fuck. It's hard. It's not an easy upbringing. It's cold, bro. Yeah, it's a cold place. And uh, East Rutherford is, although it's uh, a suburb, it's a diverse suburb. It's not, like, it I think diverse. a lot of people think that, that East Rutherford is, like, an all-white no. area, and it's not. It's, like, when a you go to Beckton, yeah, it's Hispanic. Italian. It's Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. So that probably actually made it a little bit easier. But what was the transition, like, coming from Newark to an East Rutherford? Well, it was it wasn't that hard because I was I was familiar right with East Rutherford. You know, I was bouncing yeah. back and forth with Juwan Jordan and stuff like that. So it wasn't that hard because I was with my cousins. But I did notice like, you know, it's easier to live around here. Yeah. You know, you could You could walk at night. You could, you could walk at late night. You could yeah. be out here all all times of the night. Yeah. And you're good. Like it's my quieter. dad not really calling me. He blowing up my phone. Right. Like, where you at? Where you at? Where you yeah. at? He know I'm good out here. It you also know? builds you different coming from an area like that. Like I always say Although I, I grew up around here, uh, being that my parents were both from Hudson County, mm-hmm. I think they kind of instilled that, like, Hudson County in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never I never had problems over here with, right. with people. I never, you know what I mean? I was never, like, one of those kids that, that got picked on or any right. of that shit. Yeah, so East I feel Rutherford like coming cool from place. Newark to, to East Rutherford, that's, like, double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you're not going to get messed never with. never had really. no problems, yeah. like. Everybody was really cool. Everybody was really open, you know, to be cool. Yeah, yeah. They knew who I associated with, and um, they was cool people. So right. If you cool with them, then you cool with me. But blah blah. Not. I'm naturally a cool person, so yeah. I'm not going to be all hostile and stuff like that. Even if it was times we took it there, but it was never nothing too crazy, like something that would happen in North. But. Right. Uh, all right. So you said that your first time in a studio was when you were 15. So you were what? Uh, sophomore in high school. Was I? Because that's when, yep, sophomore year. Sophomore okay. year. Uh, what caused you, you said that you and Juwan were making music, right? Jordan and Jordan. Okay, rapper. and does that lead, does that lead to you going to the studio or, or was this before you guys were laying down records? Well, what actually leaded us going to the studio was the time where Juwan made that hookup with mm-hmm. my dad. She knew, she had family out in Rochester, New York. And um, they had a studio, so we made a whole trip because she heard that we was doing music. Right. She heard that, you know, we had a little something. She was like, yeah, I got a studio. And she took us out there. And that was the first time we ever went. As a side note, uh, Juwan, we keep on saying the name Juwan. Juwan is a musician that moved to Austin, Texas, and he goes by Sam Houston now. Shout and, out Sam uh, Houston. If you listen to Sam Houston's music, it's funny because when Juwan... Me and Juwan linked up at a really uh, at a really young age for him because we played ball and uh, you know I used to be at 
I, I just graduated high school. I was helping out with the team. Uh, I would drive people to like summer uh, leagues and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I help coach. And I met Juwan and Jordan there. And uh, Juwan was making music, but he was making music as a rapper. Yeah. He started music as a rapper. rapper. So that's why it's funny, like, like speaking on who Sam Houston is, if you look up Sam Houston's music, it's not, <laughs> it's not rap music. It's, it's like very soulful, uh, even like, it's like hard rock music, Yep. but like soulful, hard Funk rock music. Fight. Yeah. Funk, like, like super deep. And, uh, it's just funny. Cause even when he came as a rapper, like he came to the crib and I had, bro, we were recording at, at my mom's kitchen table, fucking little, like tabletop microphone yeah. i didn't know shit about shit and uh you could tell that he didn't feel like he was a rapper like he was rapping i have i still have records of me and him rapping side by side uh-huh. but you could tell that he didn't feel like he was a, a rapper and i remember shortly after he was on some yo i suck at rap and he was like but i could sing and he's like uh He's like, I don't know if I should give it a shot. And I was like, fuck it, bro. I'm like, let's do it. And he came through and he started singing. And I remember thinking like 100%, this is, that's the lane. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I have early songs of him singing. I have early songs of him rapping. I have a picture that's just like, it's a fucking wall with two pads on it. Like, uh, yeah, like the isolation yeah, pads. And he's like real thin. <laughs> fucking, it, it's ridiculous though. But to see where he's gone with it, Oh, different level. It's amazing, you know? Oh, and I feel level. like uh, one of the important parts of what he did was moving to Austin. Mm-hmm. You being a Jersey artist, Jersey bred, you've been here the whole time. Yeah. How do you feel like the dynamic is for a Jersey musician? What do you think you're... Do you think that you have the same opportunities as elsewhere? Um... I mean, as far as my music goes, I feel like I'm diverse enough to, you know, take it anywhere, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I could take it to L.A. I feel like I could take it to, you know, Texas. I could take it either way. But, you know, just being from Jersey, you know, it's that chip on your shoulder that that's always going to be there, you know? Yeah. Because we just got that with that underdog, you know? You don't really hear too many artists from Jersey popping off or really doing all kind of music. But, you know, now they're coming up. They're starting to come out the woodwork. So yeah. I kind of want to just... Just put on for the state, you know. Do you think that? Day. See that that's always been my my goal. Uh, I've always thought of myself as like someone who wants to not not even put on Jersey as a rapper. Like just put on Jersey as in like give Jersey the resources to even have something. You right. know what I mean? Create a scene in Jersey. But I feel like the scene that I've tried to create doesn't help itself. Mm. Like I feel like. Artists in Jersey, for some reason, they do have that chip on their shoulder, for sure, 100%. I think it's from being New York's little brother or, like, right. New York's armpit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, we're, we're, like, the grimy New York. Yeah. And I think that that does cause that chip on the shoulder, but I also think that it makes people not want to really work together. Yeah. I don't know why. You know, I think that, like, how many artists are there in Newark? hundreds yeah hundreds like a, cr- a crazy amount you yeah. know and i do you see them like really like working together it's, it's kind of like they clicked up it's kind of like different clicks working yeah. together but you know it's like it's, it's always going to be hostility in there like right. it got to be hostility in the air you know it's funny to the, make it spicy and to make that you know yeah 
there will be an artist in South Jersey who's like popping, right? And if you're in North Jersey, you don't even know who they are. Yeah. And that shit is two hours away. It's, it's crazy. not like Jersey as a whole, you could drive through all of Jersey in two hours. And there's people down there that make music. And to us, it's like, we've never seen them, never heard about them. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it just speaks to what Jersey is. You know what I mean? Like right. Jersey is a very cold place as far as just the attitude that people go into life with, you know? Yeah. I think that chip on the shoulder, that doesn't just apply to rappers. It applies to like life. In life, yeah. It's Definitely. weird. And we we come up with this different idea of how money works because shit's so expensive here. Mm-hmm. That like, we think that life is so much harder because we came up here. But if you were to move like three states over for the price that you're paying for game. a fucking closet apartment you'd have a two-bedroom. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then maybe you have more access to making music because now you could afford it. Mm-hmm. The studio time that you're putting towards your rent, if you lived in, say, like a fucking uh, North Carolina or some shit. Half of that. Yeah, and now you might have the music to support your your career. Yep. You know, it's just, yeah, it's funny. I think that Jersey is like, and Juwan says this all the time. Juwan would hit me up and be like, yeah, you got to leave there. Yeah. Like, you got to leave there. And I understand it, but at the same time, I, I feel like there's some sort of attachment here that like I can't I just exactly let it go. You, you know what I'm talking about? And I think that a lot of Jersey artists feel that way. Yep. You know, there you have your Jersey artists that act like they're from New York. That happens all the time. Yeah. You look at their bio; it's NYC. Yeah. They're like, fam, <laughs> you're from East Orange, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then there's also a lot of Jersey artists that feel like, no, nah, I got to put on for Jersey. Yeah. The problem is people put on for Jersey, like, uh, say, like an Albiao. <laughs> Excuse Sousurf. me. Or um, Sue Surf. Oh. Arsenal. But I feel like even when they put on for Jersey, I don't think that they look ar- around them for, like, uh, newer artists coming up. And that's what it is, really. That's the foundation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 100%. You look at Atlanta, you know, that's all they did was recruit. You know, they just pushing new artists at all times. And that's, like, one of the top cities right now when it comes to music, to me, personally. 100%, bro. Gucci Mane has no reason to find a young thug. Yeah. No reason. Like, he could have just taken his his success and ran with it. And the beauty in that is that the people that they are recruiting, they're looking to recruit more people. Always. So it's just, like, it's, it's a, always going to be, like, yeah, a snowball it's a cycle, effect. bro. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and I feel like Jersey doesn't have that. That's what we that. need to inherit. Yeah, like, you have, you have someone like um, a Fetty Wap who explodes. Mm-hmm. And he brings up his homies, but he's not looking for talent around him. Right. I think the one thing that you can see with every, like, successful rap crew or successful label, like, look at a TDE. They're always adding new people to the roster. Yeah. <coughs> always. You look at, like, an Absol, a uh, J. Kendrick, uh, J-Rock. You look at all these different people, and the one constant is that they're all from the same area. Then they branched out. They grabbed someone like uh, Isaiah Rashad. Yeah. They grabbed someone like SZA, who I didn't even know was from Jersey, and that just speaks to what Jersey is. It's crazy. Did you know she was from Jersey? I didn't find out until she was on. That's what I'm saying. And that's the crazy shit to me. It's like Jersey can have, like, one of the most talented singers in the world, and you never even heard their name. That's what it is. I think it's like, it's hard to say, but... You know, the, a lot of people want to just hop on the bandwagon. Like, they don't really want to support until you actually on, until they see other people, you know, supporting you. You actually on, then it's like, oh, Jersey in the building, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. You got to support when, you, when you're coming from the ground up. 
you got to see it before it's actually there. And I would even go as far to say, as to say that, like, I don't even think that the artists that are big from Jersey get the support that they should from Jersey. Right. You know, I feel like Jersey's a place where, like, even if you're big, like, usually if you get big, people want to support you because they're like, oh, shit, he's popping. Yeah. But in Jersey, I feel like you get big and people are still like, oh, fuck him. They used to go get more love in other places. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just Jersey. Like, it's like a hate-love relationship. Bro. Yeah. If there was an opportunity for you to go to someplace like Austin, would you take it? Um. Yeah, definitely. If it's like a solid opportunity, I feel like I could definitely benefit off of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we always talk about it. We always talk about it. I took a couple trips out to Austin. I love Austin, so... I'll definitely move out there, like, yeah. especially when it comes to, like, the housing and everything. Shoot. Take that any day. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, Jesus, bro. And there's something in the water because the girls out there is crazy. Well, Texas girls is just thicker in general. Beautiful. Bonafide steakums. <laughs> so, all right, first time in the studio, 15. When's the next time that you get back into an environment like that? Uh... 15 that's my first time in the studio so i mean like i was in and out of like you know little home setup mm-hmm. stuff like that but i was really focusing on basketball like throughout the time like 15 to like probably like until college i was really focusing on basketball so um yeah the next time i actually get into the nut to a new studio is with my boy benz um he puts me on to the studio and i'm probably like 20 19 or 20 at this time in this studio in Bloomfield. Oh, actually, before that, I go to the studios 808 in Newark. That's my first, that's where I make my first actual track. Um, It's called Flowing Like Water. So, yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't go into another, to another actual studio until like five years later. What caused that? Um, Just me actually taking it seriously. Like, all right, you know, this is something I do naturally. Mm-hmm. I'm good at it, so I'm just going to try to capitalize off of it. You know, try to put my best foot forward because that's something I never did before. Actually. What made you not think about that in the previous five years, though? You know, just life. Yeah. You know? Basketball didn't work out, so life hit. <laughs> right. You had to start making money, so. Yeah. I think that's yeah. like the first stages in life for real where you just really like, all right, how am I really going to survive on my own? You know, just until you actually get that settled, like you really can't do anything else, I feel like. Yeah. You know, until you got your actual priorities in line. Yeah. I think that a lot of artists um, don't have their priorities straight and they're trying to take on a music career. Yeah. And they don't recognize. Like, that's the first thing that, like, my first goal, like, you can hear in my music, I'm always talking about money. My first thing was, like, chasing money. Like, I was going into sales. I was going into all kind of stuff, real estate seminars, trying to be a real estate agent, you know, had all kind of jobs serving bartending so that was my first real thing speak on that speak on that because i think it's a common thing in in uh hip-hop to be like fuck a job i'm a rapper yeah and i think i think that that's such bullshit because even when people are saying that they're lying Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if you don't have a job this shit doesn't work and you know what i was my thing too like i felt like before i even took on rapping seriously like i'm like (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm not that stereotypical dude. I wasn't making money on the streets and shit. Like, I sold my little dime bag, dub bag, but right. nickel bag, but I ain't really, you know, slinging hard on the streets or nothing like yeah. that. So that was 
when I was first writing music, I was talking about popping guns, 45s, and be doing this all on the street, blah, blah, blah. But that's not real life. So when you get older, you realize, like, all right, I got to really, you know, lock in and talk about my actual life. So um, what was the actual question? <laughs> I forgot. Uh, going back to you saying that uh, that you work different jobs. Oh, yeah. And you went through yeah, different so- professions. Yeah, that was something I was savvy at. Like, my dad, he was on me at 15. Like, when I was actual legal to get a job, he was like, all right, time to get a job. Right. Like, he actually took away my phone and got gave me this little flip phone. Like, this is what you're going to have until you're able to pay your own bill, you know? Wow. Yeah, so I had to get a job. Like, my first job was at, like, 15. And when I realized, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to capitalize off the best jobs I could get. Right. You know, I'm not just going to wait at this one little sucky job when I can get this job that's paying five times more. So. It benefits you. Yeah. It really does. Like, like at the time, you feel like you're getting punished. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you get a little bit older and you're like, wow. I needed this. Yeah. hundred percent. We We look back at shit our parents did when we were younger and you're like, why the fuck did they do that? And then when you get older, you're like, hundred percent understand. I was hot. Yeah, bro. of course. And they was there. My cousin's right there, bro. Why you pulling out your little flip phone? Me. Yep. <laughs> they was crying, crying like, oh, like, he just did you dirty. I had to take that. But guess what? I was the first one to get the job, though. Yeah. And I was making money on my own. Never what do you think? I was bouncing around. What do you think you learned from going from profession to profession that can apply to music? The last track I just dropped, never settle, never satisfied, man. If you got a job, you don't like that shit, get the hell up out of there, bro. That's one thing I could say. Like, yeah. not always benefiting me. Like, I always felt like, oh, I'm my, like, I always feel, you feel like, oh, you quit a job, you're just quitting. But, you know, you could quit something and go to the next opportunity and it right. could be way better than what you had. And that's what I learned, like, throughout having jobs. Like, there's better opportunities ahead. You well, don't got to settle. Yeah. It's comfort. People, people will take the financial security and comfort. Mm-hmm. And do something they hate for their whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think being a musician, one of the big things about it is like, there's nothing comfortable about this shit. Nothing. It's constant struggle and it's constant pain, bro. It's like putting out a record that you thought was going to be the one. Yeah. And realizing real quick that that's not how it works. Especially starting off, you don't even know where you're going. You don't even know if you're going to make the shit. So it's really all going off of faith and belief in yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. But I feel like everyone has the same belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of artists have the same belief in themselves, even if they don't have the skill to to back up that belief. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's one that. of those weird, bizarre things where, like, yo, I always say, if I told you uh, in high school, yo, you're not going to make the league, you'd be like, all right, I, I could accept that. Yeah. Like, I'm probably not going to make it to the NBA, right? If someone told me that in high school, I would have right. been like, yeah, for sure. I'm going to a D3 college. I'm not, I'm not going to make it to the league. But if I told me in college, you'll never make it as a rapper. I don't want to get the fuck out of here, bro. There's mm-hmm. no way. Of course I'm going to make it. Right. There's there's a weird type of like uh, narcissism or like, just like, it's just unbelievable how people feel. Your imagination leads you to think that you're going to be Drake for sure. Yeah. You know, and to, to get to even a, a level that's like somewhat like that, you have to put in so much money, mm-hmm. time, effort. You have to go through periods of like, I should just give this up. And that's that's what really breaks a lot of people. That yeah. Period. You know, it's it's who really gets out of that period. Really what do you feel who, like hasn't broken you? 
Why didn't it break you? Uh, well, you know what? I feel like uh, once my dad was really on my side with the music, you know, I felt like, all right, like this is something I, I could this. really take far, you know? Yeah. You know, if he support, if he could see that, then, you know, it's no way that it can't go to the next level because my dad is always one of the, one of the biggest people, one of my biggest uh, criticizers, yeah. critiques, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, he always had something to say about whatever I was doing. Like, it's always something he had to say. But when I actually showed him a track, he was like, oh, this is hot. Like, he was nothing he could say. Your dad's like, into hip-hop? He's into hip-hop. He's, yeah. he's in all kind of music. Like, he's really more in the um, older Earth, Wind & Fire stuff, yeah. Marvin Gaye and stuff like that. But he likes hip-hop. He likes um, uh, Eric B. Rakim, LL Cool J, those older cats. Yeah. He doesn't listen to the new stuff, but he likes my music, though. Right. So that's something I could say, like, oh, like he knows music. Like, he's from the origin of hip-hop. Like, Did he put you that. on to hip-hop at a young age? Um... He didn't force it on me, but you know what? He got me my first iPod mm-hmm. in the fifth grade, and that's when I really went crazy with like a lot of music. Like, I would sit in my room and just write down hundreds of songs that I wanted to uh, get downloaded because you got to do it through like right. LimeWire and yeah, shit. Yeah, LimeWire. So like, you got to write that shit down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the artist in the song and everything. So yeah, that's when I really started getting into music. But um, it was just always like a natural thing. Like I was always liking music. I think parents accepting hip hop mm-hmm. is big for like the growth of an artist that that's making hip hop music. I remember my mom when I was younger, she liked like a uh, big pun, uh, still not a player. Oh, so she know it. She liked, she liked different hip hop tracks that were playing on the radio and shit, but she fucked with it. You know, yeah. she wasn't against it. She wasn't like, this is bullshit music. Right. My dad is like Beatles, all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like he he doesn't fuck with rap like at all. He's one of those. This is not music, right? And I think that the fact that my mom was accepting of the music mm-hmm. made me more comfortable making the shit. Yeah, the fact that your pops was cool with hip hop already allows you to be like, all right, cool, I can make hip hop. You know, he was always like the first person to like, oh, you should take this seriously. You yeah. know. He was like the first one of the first people saying, "Oh, you good?" And I'm like, oh, "Stop, stop!" And he's like, "Nah, you got it. Like it's hot." And I'm like, "That was like when I did like a probably a, a lip sync in church, and I did like a common verse or something like that. Wake up, everybody. That's dope. Yeah, I did his verse, and it was like on point, I guess. And um, you know, he was like, "Yeah, you should do this." And that's when I was at like six. That's when I was like sixteen, probably fifteen, sixteen years old. But. Again, I never really, like, put my best foot forward with music. Like, in that period, I was kind of focused on sports a lot more. All right. When do you when do you give up on basketball? That's when I first got cut uh, my freshman year, Felicia. Now that I get cut now, they had, it was overstacked, you know. They had, like, 16, 17 players Whatever in that you roster. tell yourself to you feel, feel better, me? bro. <laughs> and there was two people that, that tried out. There was only two people that tried out. Yeah. And we both didn't make the team. But the next year, the dude that tried out with me, he did make the team. So I knew for sure, like, I couldn't make the team if I had to, you know, keep on, you know, going to school and stuff like that. But like I said, life hit. I had to start working. I had to start making money. So that's when I I didn't really, I never really gave up basketball, but that's when I knew, like, you know, I have to, you know, it's more important things I have to worry about now. Was there a transition from, uh, like, when you got cut or when they were, uh, when they had too many players for the team, 
Did you feel like, all right, I'm going to go the music route? Nope. I was on the money route. I yeah. was looking any way I could make the most, maximize my pockets. That's what I was on. Because at that time, my pops actually, he wasn't living in East Rutherford no more. He actually took it right back to Newark, you know. He had, he had First, he had an apartment in Elizabeth that he actually got evicted from. He couldn't pay that place no more. And I was staying there until they actually, you know, put the, the lock on the... the right, right, right. He uh, yep. had to go inside and that shit was gone. <laughs> yep, that was out there. But I, that was my first actual apartment. I was in that shit by myself. And um, after that... He went to uh he got, he went to his place back in North where I was first living at, and he's still there now, you know. But uh, yeah, that's when the transition as a as a career, um, viewing music as a career, because see, like with me, I go the basketball route. I go uh, D three, go to Ramapo. My uncle has coached there since I was five, so my whole dream was play at Ramapo. Yep. I had D2 offers. I didn't even take them because I'm like, I, I'm going to Ramapo. I knew uh-huh. it. You know, I didn't apply anywhere but Ramapo. Right. You know, that was my lifelong shit. So I go to Ramapo first year, have some problem with my lungs, and uh, I have to redshirt. As I'm redshirting, bro, it just started to hit me. Like, I'm looking at the kids on the team because, like, people, people look at, like, a D3 uh, school and they think, you know, it's D3. So, like, the competition's ass. These players suck. Yeah. Like, D3, for anyone who's not aware, D3 those is kids D1 who players. couldn't... Those are D1 <laughs> players that couldn't make... That they couldn't get the grades yep. to go to a D1 school. You know, so, like, I'm looking around. This dude's fucking tomahawking and, like, <laughs> like doing windmills and shit in practice. And I'm looking and I'm like, I shoot the three well, but, like, I can't run with these kids, you know? And in practices, I'm guarding a kid who went to Leonia and dropped 2,000 points in high school. Damn. And I'm guarding him. And homeboy's nice, bro. Like, super nice. He went overseas and played. And I'm just like, what am I fucking doing? <laughs> you know, and I always made music. And I just remember it hitting me like, this is not it for you. You know, I just knew it wasn't it. And like, the second I gave up basketball, I got signed. I, I started crazy making mixtapes. And... Some kid reaches out through my cousin and is like, yeah, I think I could take you to this one uh, studio mm-hmm. and they have a label and I think we could work something out. So I start recording my first project there. And at the end of my my project, as I'm like wrapping it up, they approach me with a contract. Oh, we want to sign you. So I just saw it as like a sign. It's like it's like the first time in life that you ever gave up on basketball. Here's that. Something comes your way that that like. You didn't even think was attainable, right. you know, but it's, it goes to more like focus. Mm-hmm. It's like, maybe if my focus wasn't so on basketball, I could have had opportunities elsewhere, Yeah, you know, and even with music, like <clears throat> I'm big on, on going with works f- for you, like going with the, the route that makes sense. Like yeah. I, I'm a rapper at heart, but like, if I see it, the label is an opportunity, I'm going to go the label route. Right. If if I see that the studio, you know, I'm I'm working a job, lose a job, and thought about the studio, I'm like, you know, put that degree to use. You went to school for fucking mixing, mm-hmm. put that to use, you know, and and I go the the studio route. But I feel like music has so many different opportunities, so like, many different ways you could take it. You're a yeah. rapper, but if you if you saw some kid from Newark and he's the dopest artist you ever heard in your life. Who's to say that your experience in music this far can't lead to you managing that kid? 
Yeah. And putting that kid on. Because here's the thing, bro. Like, once you're a musician, you could always be a musician. Like, that shit never goes away. I know that there's this weird number of 30 where everyone goes, oh, I'm not going to rap when I'm 30. There's people doing it. 30 plus bro drake 34 i know he i know he got big at that time but like he's still the biggest artist in the world and not a single person brings up his age right you know hove is 50 it's just it's just like the two music chains got on at four like almost 40 years old right like these are all people who are are wildly successful mm-hmm. well into their later ages and they i guarantee they don't think about age i don't think hove goes into the studio now and writes a verse for somebody like like on a meek's album Right. And goes, oh, nah, I'm 50. I can't do this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that there's a weird number we put on ourselves and it's like added stress. Yeah. It's like we try to stress ourselves out that, that we're not making it yet. Stop pushing it back. Yeah. How do you feel like your music stacks up from when you were like 15 to now? Oh, man. It's totally different. Totally different. Because uh, I just been, you know, more real with myself. Yeah. You know, I put more of myself into it rather than, you know, just facade of, what I feel like I should be. Yeah. You know, so. See, and, and I bet you at 15, if someone would have, I bet you the hope was that you could get signed, right? Yeah. Like my hope when I was younger was, oh, I'm going to get signed. And now I look back at the music I was making at that time. Like I wouldn't have wanted that to be my career. Like that music, you know what I'm saying? The mm. shit I was saying back then, the shit I was feeling back then, like I wouldn't even want to blow up like right. that. Because it wasn't me. It, it's a kid. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you're a kid. So, I like aging in music. Right. Because I feel like with that comes a lot of, like, maturity that leads to better content. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell it's me that there's... more in your music. Like, bro, the fact that Nas made Illmatic or wrote Illmatic when he was 16 years old still blows my mind. Crazy. Because for a 16-year-old to even think like that is fucking ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's why, like... Life hit him really early. Yeah. You could tell. Yeah. You know, and that's, I feel like that applies to everybody. Like, life probably has to hit you at a certain point. And then, then you could put that into your music. You For know? sure. I, I, I think Sometimes at 23, I, uh, I got a DUI. And my DUI was like, for me, like, if, if there's a person listening to the podcast, this is a constant thing that I bring up, the DUI, because for me, it was like that moment of clarity. Mm. It was like that, yo, you're fucking up. Yeah. Like, you're doing a bunch of dumb shit that, that's not leading you anywhere. You know what I'm saying? I was partying all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, just dumb shit. And now I look at partying and I say, like, what am I uh, celebrating? Exactly. Even partly, even drinking on a weekend, bro. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people drink and their, their excuse is that they're trying to unwind from the week. Yeah. But it's like, to me, going out, listening to loud music and, and having drinks, like, that's a celebration. And I can't understand what I'm celebrating. You know what I mean? I like I I don't feel like I'm anywhere near where I want to be. So for me to be out celebrating and That's blowing money on some shit, like people will go out and and gladly spend 150 on drinks. But then when when it comes to their career or like their passion, they don't put a dime toward it. It's hurting. You know what I'm saying? There's there's artists who every day they buy bud. Every single day they buy bud, but they don't buy beats. Yeah. They won't pay for studio time. And that's their dream. Like, yo, you won't fund your dream, but you're funding somebody else's pockets so you can smoke weed. Like, yep. I, you know, I, I would understand completely if you smoked, but you also went to the studio. Yep. You smoked, you also bought beats to write to. But like a lot of these guys, it ends at smoking. 
Yeah. It's like they smoke and then it's like, ah, shit, bro, I don't got the dough for the studio. That's where your priorities come in, man. Exactly. That's why I'm glad I was able to, you know, get my priorities aligned before I actually, you know, took on music seriously because now I'm able to do it more fluidly. I'm able to do it, you know, at my pace, you know, and I'm comfortable with doing it. I don't have to struggle making music because at first I had to get my life in order. (laughs) Right, right. For it's like, I didn't, that was my only choice. So, you know, I feel like everybody should just, you know, really try to actually be comfortable in their actual reality instead of, you know, chasing that dream first. Right. You got to be comfortable in, with reality. Comfortable with yourself. And yeah. yourself, yeah. Yeah, you have to know yourself. hmm And the fact that you lived alone, it's also another thing that I think really makes you understand yourself. Yeah. Living alone. It's a lot of reflection. A lot of people don't do it. Like, think about... So much distraction, so you don't got no time to. Exactly. But think about a lot of people, they go from living with their parents, they probably meet a girl, and they're moving with a girl. Mm-hmm. Or they go from living with their parents, they find roommates, and they live with roommates. Yeah. Very few people live on their own. And it's always going to be influence, no yeah. matter what. Like, if you're around somebody, they're influencing you no matter what. You don't even have to see them. But if you walk in the door and there's someone else there... Your actions are dictated by yeah. the fact that you know that they're there. You know what I'm saying? You might not do all the shit that you want to do exactly. because they're there. So I feel like living by yourself is you get that reflection. You get to know yourself a lot better. You know what you like, what you don't like. You start to really think about the shit. Yep. You know, even friends, you start to think about by yourself. You're sitting there going, does he only hit me up when when well, that shit he wants plans clear. or some shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of clarity. Yeah, because when you're by yourself and you're sitting there and you're fucking lonely or some shit, and your homie that hits you up every time there's a party, but doesn't hit you up when you're sitting there by yourself. Yeah. And you start to look at shit like that. You go, mm-hmm. oh, fuck that, dude. You know? <laughs> and I think That's that 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 led to me making better music. The DUI led to me uh, starting the label. Right. DUI led to everything. So that's why I look at that DUI. Like, for most people, that's the worst shit that ever happened. For me, it was the best thing that ever happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's it's just that moment that I needed. Some people get beat the fuck up, and that's the exact moment that they need. Life changing. You know what I mean? <laughs> they might have talked crazy their whole life. They get beat up one time, and now they're a completely different human being. Yeah. They start treating people with respect. Some shit. The needs DUI to was to me you. getting beat up. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. was just like me being able to const- like actually see myself for what I was. You know. Um. One thing about your music that I can't comprehend as an engineer, as a person who does it, is you hold on to a lot of it. What is the reason for that? I got plans for it, you know. A lot of of times, I'll make a song, and um, it's not what I feel like it should be. So, And then I'll come back to it, and it'll be, I'll have a whole totally different perspective. But there's just some, some, there's just those ones, like cruising that I just, that like yeah, I knew from the get go. You know, yeah, that you heard it and one. you were like, "Nah, I got to put that out." So I, I I understand I with myself like I know what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, like I know like I know which ones got to go and I know which ones I should hold on to, and I know which ones that sound like they should be on the project too. Like I know like oh, this is not a single. Like this this should go with the with the collection of songs. Right, no sound good in rotation. No, but you- I actually got better with that. You know, I was holding on to a lot of songs. But I got better with like you know monthly, every like three weeks. Yeah, even that. But like I'm not even used to that. I'm used to like every other month. 
right a few months well see i think that where we come from musically because like every five years the the whole game shifts completely like you got to think five years ago all the the streaming platforms that wasn't really the way mm-hmm. like there there were there were streaming platforms at that time but you didn't release music like that like five years ago it was all soundcloud Yep. Five years before that, it was that piff, and like you only put out mixtapes, you know. So like where we came from and how we grew up in music, we view shit different. But like in the streaming era, like it's all about this. It's all about the quick the quickness. How, you you put out fluid. a record, and then people are waiting for the second record to come yep. out. They're, like people don't have patience. And I mean, even with the podcast, bro. If I do a podcast this week, and then I don't do another one for a month. People aren't checking for it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just the the landscape of what we're doing. Yeah. Like, we're making content at the end of the day. Always want People more. want new content. Yeah. You go from one YouTube video to the next one. You that's know what right. I'm saying? You go from one Netflix show, you watch a Netflix show, then you go to the next one. You're ready for what's more. You're ready yeah, for more. You're, not, you're not going, oh, next season, I want to watch the next season, so I'm going to wait for it. Yeah. Like, you're watching the next show. You know, and that, that applies to artists. It's like, if you put out one song a year, they're going to listen to that one song and they're going to move on to the guy who puts out a song every week yeah, or a song every month. You know, they're going to start listening to him because he gives them consistent music, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a big fact. I think a lot of artists forget that. Like this isn't the mixtape era anymore. This isn't the album era. Yeah. Music is not even being mixed like that anymore. And there's so many artists too. So yeah, you got a lot of competition no matter what. And the Whether requirement you see it or not, is different. They there. Yeah. The requirements are different though. Like, if you took a month in between putting out records because you're putting out four-minute songs with choruses and bridges and all these different parts and they're, you know, you're trying to perfect that record yeah. to put it out, I understand. But, like, they're asking for two-minute records now. Yeah. People are trying to listen to these short records. So it's like, you, as an artist, you should be able to crank out a 16 like that. Right. It shouldn't be hard for you to crank out a 16. And and a two-minute record, you got a chorus, a 16, and then a chorus. Boom. Two minutes. End of the song. Writing one verse for me was always super simple. It's the second verse. Third verse. It's That's when it gets tricky. That momentum. Yeah. Because you might have wrote the hottest shit for the first wanna, verse. You want to write some shit hotter than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're like, fuck, did this drop off? Did this shit sound bad? The second verse doesn't compete with the first verse? I feel like the second verse for me always flows, bro. Like, if I can't compete with that first verse, I'm just flowing in that second one. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm riding that one out. Yeah, for sure. And um, with the the new, because you're, you're big on making longer records. Yeah, I'm Have always you given good that with, thought? like, two verses. Have you given that thought, though? Like, the fact that music has gotten shorter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got a lot of songs that's, like, two minutes, you know, a minute 50. Yeah. Even the last one, like, that's one of my shortest records, Cruising, is, is 2.13, probably 2.30. And and people wouldn't That's even notice. Yeah. They you wouldn't notice. Tell. You know what I'm saying? It's a hook, verse, hook. Yeah. And Done. and a two thirteen record now just it just fits in with everything else. Yep. You know? Um, you said that you're you're putting together records, excuse me, that could potentially be a, a project. Um, if that's happening, when is that coming? And um why? Um, definitely before the end of the uh new year. So definitely before 2021. Yeah. I want to get that out there. But um, definitely want to pump that out because like you said, you know, that's one of my biggest things. Like I hold on to a lot of records 
that I don't feel like are up to par, but I gotta feel I gotta start thinking about the listeners. Like there's a lot of other like people who think that the record is hot, you know, but I have a whole different perspective. So, you know, that's just me, you know, just letting go, you know, letting go a lot of stuff that I'm holding on to. Yeah. And, you know, I'm more comfortable with making a lot more music. So I feel like the music that I'm making now, you know, it's gonna it's gonna surpass that. You know, so I could let that go. Ask people, pick an artist, literally any artist that you know people like, ask them their favorite song by that artist. And I bet you if you asked 50 people, maybe some have the same answer, but a lot of them are going to have different answers. Yeah. And what that speaks to is the fact that, like what you said, uh, your worst record to you is your best record to somebody else. Exactly. You know, we we as artists consistently think of our ourselves and we're constantly trying to perfect ourselves. So we look at even shit that we did two months ago and we're like, oh, that's old. Like, what are you talking about? That's fire. Like <laughs> And nobody even heard it yet. Yeah. Like every record is brand new to someone who hasn't heard it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that every, first listen is big. Yeah. It's so big. Got, and yeah. and it it's like we Because you gotta think about the first time you made that song. Like think about the first time you wrote that hot verse. Like you was like, oh, I gotta record this. Right. But now it got old to you. But now, when you give it to a new listener, they're getting that same nostalgia that you had when you wrote it. So that's how you got to really think about it. That's why, like, I really got to start letting it go. Like, for example, Fo was one of my first songs I recorded. It's probably my second song I recorded. I hate that song. Like, <laughs> yeah. anytime somebody plays, I don't want to hear that song. But, like, I still got people like, yo, this is my favorite song. Like, I listen to the song every day, bro. So it was kind of crazy. You got to really take yourself away. That's the right. biggest thing about being an artist, too. You got to, like, let go of your art. Like, it's like your baby, but you got to let it go, like you said. It's big to not listen to your music constantly. Like, yeah. I, bro, I listen to myself a lot. Like, if I had... Because I, I feel like this. I feel... I'm one of those people that makes music that I want to hear. Like, I don't go into music going, oh, I bet you they'll like this. Mm-hmm. I go into music going, oh, I fuck with this sound. Right. So, so... I make the songs that I'm trying to listen to in the car. I make the songs that I want to hear when I'm in the shower. Right. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and with that, like, you you start playing yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. You'll be in the car just playing your own records. And to someone who's not an artist, they can't comprehend it because it just looks mad narcissistic and fucking <laughs> weird. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm in the car with my girl and I'm playing one of my songs, you know, to her, it's probably like, Why? You know, like, why is he playing himself? Like, that shit's mad weird. It's his voice coming out. Uh But there's something about music that, like, you're making the records that you want to hear. So I feel like a lot of us, even when we're putting out projects, we do this thing where we, like, overplay our records. Then by the time that it's out, you hate every single record. Yeah. Then you got to put on a front, like, yeah, love this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen to my new great album. Right. And it's like, you don't even (laughs) fuck with it no more, you know? But again, going back to what you're saying. That first listen or that first time you wrote it, like try to encapture the feeling of, of go what you got. Yeah. You gotta relive that. Cause that's the real. That's that's what's real. Yeah. Honestly, you, for you, you know, the time has passed, it's old to you. you know, that's right. But it's hundreds, millions of people who haven't heard it yet. So you gotta think about that. It's a whole audience out there for you. Do you have a name of your um your project that's the possible project that's coming? Uh yeah, it's called Here It Goes Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Gonna have a lot of 808s in there. Yeah. Big booming and some vibes up there too. That's if, a potential name too. If you had to explain to people 
what your sound is, what would you say? Uh, I know that's a hard question. Yeah, because I still don't even know. Like, I know what my sound is supposed to be, but I wouldn't. I couldn't compare myself to anybody. I would say like it's just like you know, positive, good, you know, vibes always at all times. Um, you know, I always talk my shit in my records too, but uh, I'll say it's like. It's like lo-fi trap. Yeah. <laughs> lo-fi trap. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, that's not a bad yeah. description. That's, I don't know. Because you do use a lot of sample-based music Yeah, with the 808s. With the 808 With all the same. Yeah. Yeah. The beats is like the thing that really gets me to write the music. Like, And you pick good beats. Yeah. You always have. Like, like I could hear any beat and just start going off of that. Like, right. I, I kind of absorb the beat kind of. You know, I, I I ride the beat, but you're also you're you're good at knowing your sound. Yeah. When you come in with a beat, it's not some shit where you play it and I'm like, I can't even hear you on this. It's always some shit that I'm like, oh no, for sure, this is a him vibe. Mm, you know what I mean? It. It's the type of shit where like you get a little bit more notoriety and and they're gonna be making tight beats that sound like exactly like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Man, that's the goal, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh. What's next for you? Where do you go from from uh, dropping a project? Where do you go from here? Like, what's your plan? And how do how do you think COVID affects a growing artist? Uh, I feel like everybody got hit with COVID really hard. You know, I could say especially for myself because you know I had some shows that I was supposed to be even actually going to Texas. I was supposed to be uh, doing South by Southwest that year for springtime, and um, I was even booked back-to-back some dates and everything was blown out the water I feel like after that but um yeah it's um it's you just have to adjust now growing artists right now you just have to adjust you know you still got podcasts you still got live streams you still got all these other resources so and that's where it's going now it's all going right onto your phone so that's where you really have to access that audience but um for me, after that project, it's just me pushing more videos and um, putting continue to put my best foot forward and um, a lot of networking too. I got a lot of collabs, uh, a lot of collabs that's not out yet. So mm-hmm. just continuing, you know, pushing those collabs and networking just to get that entire algorithm going. You know, get that flowing, just get that fan base flowing. That's huge for especially for a, a upcoming artist working on records with random people. Yeah, because like. You got to understand that even if they don't have a fan base, they know people. Yeah. And people will play their record. It might be like 100 plays, but that's 100 people or say 50 people, 30 mm-hmm. people that never knew your name. Yep. And now they're they're hearing you and you give them an opportunity to like it. And now they're going to be your new f- potential fans. Exactly. And that's why I'm not so quick to even turn down a feature. Like even if I don't necessarily think that the record is the best record in the world, mm-hmm. I won't turn it down unless it's trash. Yeah, you there's know. definitely there's songs you that are know. garbage yeah and yeah. when when someone sends it to you and they're like yo can you hop on this you're like i can't do that bro yeah you know <laughs> and and it's good to be honest but like i think every artist should be expanding i, I have a conversation with a lot of young guys that are like <clears throat> excuse me they're like you know uh so-and-so was asking me for uh for a feature and i told him that i charged this amount and it'll be somebody with no following <laughs> No, no plays on records, 
nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, it's like, why, why are artists so quick to try to charge people? Like, do artists forget that the other person asking for the record is also an artist? Right. Like the struggle is the same. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you know the struggle and you understand the struggle, then then why are you putting that on the other person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just completely forgetting the fact that you go through the same shit yourself. Yeah, it's a power trip. You know, when yeah. you get that offer, like, oh, he wants he wants me to get that verse. So Right. I'm about to tax him, you know? <laughs> yeah, tax him and then like burn a bridge completely. A whole bridge gone. <clears throat> I mean, I could see if it's somebody like, oh, you know, he's it's not really that good, you know. You got to pay me to be on this verse. But right. if you see a potential in it, like if you see there's like some potential in it, you know, take that chance. I well, I do. think it's also big to, if you don't want to do a record, you could use that as an excuse. You could say, oh, well, I charge 200 for a exactly. verse. And then the person will probably just fall off anyway. Exactly. It's like a nicer way to say no. Yeah. But if someone so sends do. you a dope record <laughs> and you could remove yourself, remove the ego from mm-hmm. it. And you could just listen to the record and go, oh, this is a hot record. There's no reason why you should charge for that. Right. Not at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because now you want to be on the record. Yeah. So. And there's there's good records all, all around. What? And both of you are going to be promoting it. So that's going to be both of your fan bases exactly. combined. So. What? Um, you have a whole crew of artists that you work with. Yeah. What's the move with something like that? Do you guys go the label route and try to make it into something official? Do you guys go like the group route and put out albums as a group? Um, we have plans on a, a on a collab project, definitely. Yeah, but um, people really, as far as us, we have our own like little individual uh, labels. Like you got different Americans, you got Puffer's Choice, you got all kind of different, you know. And let's let's shout the, them out real quick. Yeah, um, shout out uh, NJ Smokers Club. Shout out different Americans. You know, the artists in there. You got um, you got uh, uh, a Ib. You got Boss Benz. You got a Show Off. You got Be on the Beat. You got Insomniac. You got uh, who else? You got Young Lee. Um, yep. Word. And um, I know you guys are close knit. Yeah. So, the fact that you guys we all always have around. Different, yeah, you know? yeah. The fact that you guys have all these different things going, um. Because I know you guys have had, like, like yacht parties and shit like that right. that you guys do. in the past. Um, do you feel like that helps to grow the music? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the things that we were doing, you know, what was inspired by the music, you know. It was to push that furthermore. Like, if we was having a yacht party or, like, any kind of fashion show, it was like, oh, we got to get this footage and put it behind this song, you know. Right. Like, even with my song that I did back in 2019, Can't Relate, you know, that was an entire fashion like, we had people coming out, putting on the clothes that we made and stuff, and we just turned that into, into a whole music video. Yeah. And um, in the yacht party, we, we all wore the Passante Mata um, shirts. And we were just, you know, just kind of building that hype. And, you know, just had plans on just, like, combining all those different aspects that we had, and, you know, just making some, something out of it. Um, Where can people find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Zeus B N J, and Twitter and Facebook, Z E U S B N J. And is there any uh, last things that you want to tell people? Uh, what's coming next from you? Uh, what's coming next? I just did a video shoot not too long ago with uh, Insomniac Nine Seven Three. It's called Ding Dong. The track gonna be crazy, and uh, I got a new track coming out in November. It's gonna be for sure. It's gonna be for the ladies. It's gonna be a nice, chill, lax vibe. 
And uh, I'm happy that you're putting that record out. Yeah, yeah, that has to be done. And um, after that, that's going to be in November. So after that, it's going to be project time. Just you know, getting the coverage right, getting photo shoots in, and it's going to be project time. Yeah, yeah. Pushing All right. Well, that. thank you for for doing this. I appreciate you for having me, man. I want to eventually get um. Boss Ben's in here. I want to eventually oh, get yeah. all the that guys in. Have... Shout out my boy Cruz too, man. Cruz Kicks, go shout him out too. You know he doing his thing, doing real big things, and we all just did a song actually. Me, Buns, and uh, Cruz. Yeah, that's gonna be coming out too. That's dope. That's dope. All right, man. Uh, pleasure talking. All right. Now we're gonna go record some music. Look and get the shit going. Sus. All right, guys. Another episode of Digging the Garden, and uh, thank you for listening. Peace.